0: we Good morning. So, so today we begin this new series of uh, daily reminders and, and this whole series is, is about really what we do and, and taking that time to dig deeper into what God has for each and every one of us. And it's about developing these daily habits um, that almost you know every one of us on our calendar or on our phones we have some type of reminder. Some of us put post-it notes places so that we remember to do something. And if you're like me, you know that daily reminder pops up and you kind of say, okay, and then you forget about it, you know. And, and I think sometimes we do the same thing when, when it comes to our spiritual habits or our spiritual growth. You know, we, we have these great ideas. Hey, I'm going to get up every morning and I'm going to dig into God's word. And, and then you hit the snooze button or all of a sudden something else happens and it messes up your routine. And ultimately, we want to get into these daily practices that help us to grow in our relationship with Jesus and our relationship with others on top of it. You know, last week, I kind of talked about, you know, how at the end of the year, I kind of said, you know, Lord, Lord give give me some words for what lies ahead in 2024. And, And we looked at, you know, things that were new. Uh, We looked at us being this new creation, and we looked at seven different things that God has already begun or that he wants to do in us in these coming years. And, and, you know, the seven things were this new song of praise and worship. And and it wasn't just, you know, basically, hey, we're going to sing a new song, but it was about renewing our hearts and, and that we take that time to to sing unto the Lord, that we take that time to worship the Lord, and maybe in a way that we haven't done in the past. And we actually take that time to worship him. We talked about new deeds of deliverance. We talked about this new name, this name of righteousness that we get only because of our relationship with Jesus Christ. We talked about a new heart and this new obedience um, to following what God calls us to do which I think is really big, especially as we talk about daily reminders, as we look at that God giving us that new heart in this new year, that that new obedience towards his word and that new obedience to what he calls us to be. Talked about being a people of unity and, of course, his covenant of grace. And everything new requires us to die to our old self. We need to die to our old self and be raised to this new life that the Lord has for us. So so it takes some putting off or or getting rid of something from the past. Now, 2023 is in the past. It's behind us. So we want to continue to move forward. And today we started with a new song. I got something in my eye. We started with a new song. Now, what is interesting, yeah, besides my finger, what's interesting about this new song that we have today, that, that we sang today, was that back in October, well, even prior to October, I would say probably back around June, July of last year, Patty had approached Andrea about singing that song. And the name of the song is First Things First. And Patty had talked to her about it because in October when when Patty was the, led that women's retreat weekend, what happens is when everyone comes in to talk, before they talk, there's a worship song. And that was actually the worship song that Patty walked into to give her talk on that weekend. And the whole weekend, Patty's talk basically is how to keep it going. Or how to put the first things first. And keep the first things first in your life. And so it's a song that, you know, was, Hey, Andre, we might stretch you a little bit, but hey, can you learn this song? And, and let me tell you, when, when Patty walked in to give her talk, and that song was playing, I knew what it meant to her. Because I knew how much that song meant to her and what she was going to talk to them women about. That it actually, yes, me, Marine Ken was in the back, and I must have something in my eye because there was some water coming out of it. I think it was dust or something. I had some water in my eyes. But then I really think about it. And when Andre said, hey, by the way, next week we're going to you know, put this song and we're going to sing it in church, I said, man, what a perfect time, especially when we talk about daily reminders, yeah, about putting the first things first. Now, some of the lyrics were this. First things first, I seek your will, not my own. Surrender all my wants to you. Keep the first thing first. To live your truth, walk your ways, set my eyes. Lord, I fix my face on you. All my desires reversed to keep the first things first. What if we actually lived that out? What if we lived out we want His will, not our own. What if we put God as the first thing in our life each and every day? And I think it, with that whole thing in mind, kind of the big idea for today is this. Our daily routines impact our spiritual growth. What we put first in our life affects us. And if we cultivate or we, we nourish these routines, it's going to actually help us to grow. It's going to help us to grow in our spiritual growth. It's going to help us to to move forward. And ultimately, if we actually put our first things first, and our first daily reminder would be exactly that. We each need to develop daily routines to grow spiritually. So so what's going to help us to grow spiritually? First and foremost, putting God first. First. Putting God first in our life, the first thing that we do, whatever it may be, putting God first in our life. And and today's scripture, as I was reading through the different scriptures, I said, you know what, here in Colossians 3, it really hits the, what's first in our life? And and as we talk about dying to our old self, and we talk about being renewed, and, and as we talk about what we need to do in our life to to be more like our God, to be more like Jesus, to live this life of, of righteousness and holiness and do all these things. I was like, man, Colossians 3 hits it on the head. The Apostle Paul, what he taught to the Colossian church, is relevant to us today. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Colossians chapter 3, verses 5-13. through 13. If you don't have a Bible with you, don't worry. There's one in the back of the pew. And the Bible in the back of the pew is going to be on page 1,000. Three hundred and fifty four. Um, but if you don't have a have a Bible it will be up here on the screen so you can see it and for those of us join, those of you join church online, it'll be on the bottom of the screen for you guys also. So with that being said, can we all rise for the reading and the hearing of God's word? Colossians chapter three verses five through fifteen. Uh, five through thirteen. Therefore, Put to death what belongs to your earthly nature sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desire, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, God's wrath is coming upon the disobedient. And you once walked in these things when you were living in them. But now put away all of the following anger, wrath, malice, slander, and filthy language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self. You are being renewed in knowledge according to the image of your creator. In Christ there is no Greek and Jew, circumcision and uncircumcision, barbarian, scythian, slave and free, but Christ is all and in all. Therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a grievance against another, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also are to forgive. Amen. You may be seated. You know, as I think about this, and I was thinking about this whole daily reminders and putting first things first and and creating these habits in our life. I got thinking about, think of someone you know who is very good at whatever they do. So you think about maybe a someone in sports. Maybe you think about someone who plays an instrument or sings or or maybe someone in a governing body and leadership, and, and you think about it, they take time to practice what they do over and over. You know, if you see on football, you see this wide receiver make this unbelievable one-hand catch, and they're like all discombobulated, bodies all over the place, and they make this catch, and they manage to get their toes just in bounds, and you're sitting there going, oh, my God, that's amazing. You know how many times they practice that? You know how many times they practice that with no one around? Or think of someone who plays uh, an instrument. How many times they've played those chords? How many times they've messed up playing those chords and they continue to practice it and do it over and over again? Or, yeah, I never really thought about it with all the concerts I went to growing up. But think about when you go to a concert, how many times they've played and sang them songs and no one heard it but themselves. As they continue to go over it time and time again so that they get that much better and it becomes ingrained in them, that it almost becomes natural or it becomes this almost a habit that they're just able to do. You know, growing up, I played the piano. Guess what? I, I stopped playing and now I can't play anymore because I didn't continue to do it. It didn't become a habit for me. I can still play two songs. Theme for All in the Family and The Entertainer. That's it. I can't play anything else. I don't remember what the notes are. I even thought about trying to play guitar and I was like, now nah, forget it. I just don't have time to do it. I, I, it just isn't there. I'm not a musician. I'm not going to be good at it. But as I think about this, what if we actually did the same thing? If we took the same amount of time that maybe we spend learning how to catch a football with one hand, or maybe that we learn how to play an instrument or do our job or whatever it may be, what if we took that same amount of time to work on a daily habit of growing more like Christ and being more like Jesus in everything that we do? And I I don't know about you, but in the past, I mean, Back in my management days, I, I used to Google, you know, hey, how can I do better at this? How can I be better here? Or or even, what's some habits of, of successful people? You know, because, hey, if they're successful, I, I want to do what they're doing. And, and I've Googled it, and, you know, it's like, okay, but I've tried that, and it didn't work for me. And, and I think it's because I tried and didn't really make it that that put that wholehearted effort into it I was kind of like well they did it because you know maybe their family had money or something else and oh they just got lucky but but I think about the time that I've spent doing other things that I'm actually really good at and 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 even through the years the times that all the time I spent coaching football and coaching you know little kids as offensive linemen and then I've watched them go and play in college and watch him to go play in the NFL and I'm thinking, man, that little kid couldn't learn nothing. I remember I remember little Johnny, you'd tell him, hey, block left and he didn't know the difference from left to right. He went right every time. So I'd have some, okay, go right and then hopefully he would actually go left, but then he actually went right. And you sit there and then all of a sudden you see him playing college ball. And you're like, man, they finally got it. But, but think about it, I started coaching them when they were like 10, 11, 12 years old. Now they're 18, 19, 20. So they've created this habit of doing it over and over again that turned out to make them successful in doing what they were doing. As I was looking through, and you know, we're, we're all creatures of habit. Whether you believe it or not, you are a creature of habit. All of us probably do the same things, um, And actually, philosopher James Smith, in his book, You Are What You Love, the Spiritual Powers of Habit, actually said this, our wants and longings and desires are the core of our identity, the wellspring from which our actions and behavior flow. So our daily habits got to be shaped by spiritual disciplines that help us to recalibrate ourselves so that we can look to God's desires instead of our own desires. And and it takes time, it takes effort to do it. Uh, And and think about it, how how do we get closer and how do we work in our relationship with God? First through prayer. Taking that time to pray. Taking that time to read his word. Taking time to actually meditate on what his word says. And then digging a little deeper. Hey, you know, it's like, I read a verse today, I'm good. Really? Really? I read one verse, today. I read the Bible today, I did my job. Think about that. Do you remember what you read? Probably not. I read one verse, I'm good. I opened up my Bible app today. My streak is now 366 days, I'm good to go. Really? But that's what we'll think of and then we wonder why we're not where God wants us to be. We're not doing what God calls us to do. And maybe our life isn't where we think it should be, and we're like, God, why? And God's like, why not? What have you done with me? Have you spent any time with me? Do you know what my will is? Of course not, because you're not spending any time in his word, meditating on it, or even just having a conversation with him. And we get so caught up in this and not realizing that exactly what Paul is telling the church here to put on these new clothes, to get rid of the old rags, get rid of what they were wearing, get rid of that old self, put on these new clothes, and be who you're called to be in Christ. And unfortunately, a lot of us are still sitting here with these same old clothes on. Think about what are the old clothes? Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desire, greed, which is adultery, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and filthy language from our mouths, lying to each other. Man, is there anyone in this room that's done that this week? Don't lie. See? So so we still got that old stuff on us, right? So we're still wearing old clothes, but we're in a new year. And we all said, hey, this year's going to be a better year than last, right? But we're still doing the same old thing. Because we haven't changed our daily habits. We haven't changed our daily routine. We haven't put these reminders in place to say, hey, I'm not this person anymore. I'm a new creation in Christ. I need to put the first things first. And if I actually put the first things first, I'm going to remember what he said. As God's chosen people, we are God's chosen. You were chosen by God to be where you are today, to be who you are today. We're called holy and beloved And we're told to put on compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. I would rather have them nice clothes on than my old shabby clothes. That sexual immorality, the lying, stealing, cheating, all that stuff of the world, you know, that everyone else is doing, it looks so cool. They even wrote songs about it. And meanwhile, we listen to the songs and and we wonder why we're doing what we shouldn't be doing because it's what we're allowing inside. It's what we're allowing and we're supposed to be this, hey, I'm going to be this new creation, so guess what? I'm not going to listen to this music anymore. I'm now going to listen to this. And sometimes what you're listening to now is no better than what you used to be listening to. Well, I'm going to, hey, I'm going to start doing this instead of this but it's still these worldly things that you're doing instead of godly things. Instead of working on who you are, being chosen, being holy. When's the last time you felt holy? Besides that hour and 15 minutes when you come to church. And see, that's generally when we put on all that stuff. I'm going to be humble today in church. I'm going to be compassionate. Someone's in my seat, I'm going to let them sit there. I'm going to be compassionate. To I'm going to wave high. I'm going to tell people I love them. I'm going to give people hugs. And, and But boy, when I leave here, I'm going right back to that old person. I'm going to put on my old clothes. I put on my Sunday best to come into church. Well, you know, our Sunday best is supposed to be every day. But it requires us to work. It requires us to, to do what we're called to do. So I got to ask, what routines... Do you do every day or every week to help you move forward? And actually not even to move forward, just think of some of the routines. Everyone in here probably knows Friday night for Patty and I is what? Date night. That's right, date night. Friday night is date night. Every single week, Friday night is date night. Our kids even knew Friday night was date night. They were on their own when they were in the house. Hey, you're on your own. It's date night tonight. Me and mama going out. And we still do that today. It's it's date night. What about some of y'all's Sunday routines? You get up, hey, we're going to go to church, then we're going to go have a family lunch, and because it's football season, then I'm going to watch football. So I'm going to spend an hour and 15 minutes in lunch uh, in church, an hour and a half dealing with family members, but then I'm going to spend the next nine hours (laughs) watching football, right? Right. Because you got to see the 1 o'clock game, So, actually, lunch may be really short because, you know, pastor went long. We was after 12. Sorry, family, but I got a 1 o'clock football game. And then we watched the 4 o'clock game. Then we watched Sunday night football, okay? And what are we all going to do at 730 tomorrow night? We're going to watch Michigan win the national championship, right? (laughs) Wow, I didn't get no one to say, well, that's. So all y'all are going for Michigan? I really don't care. I I ain't got a dog in the fight. But seeing that I am a University of Miami fan, I guess I got to go with the other U of M. I'll just leave it that way. All right. <laughs> so, But all of us have routines that, that kind of create those habits in our life. Uh, I can tell you my daily routine Monday through Thursday. And it is generally always the same unless it gets disrupted. So I get up in the morning Patty comes in, she gives me a kiss, she says, hey, Ken, it's this time, your coffee's next to the bed, I love you. And then I say, I know, because I'm generally awake, so I know what time it is already, I say, thank you, and then I say, I love you more. Every morning. And then what do I do? I get up, I go do what I got to do, get ready for work, go out. Pet the dogs, rub on the dogs, spank the dog's butt because that's what they want. The dogs go, they sit by the front door. I give the dogs a kiss. I give my wife a kiss. I go, I get in the car, I turn on worship music, and I come to church. And and while I'm on my way here, I'm worshiping the Lord. People sitting in traffic in the morning see me raising my hands, singing loud. I mean, there's times Patty gets in the car, she's like, oh my God, because the radio's cranked up. You know, so I worship on my way to work, and then I get here, and so I go in my office. I turn on my Keurig because I'm going to need more coffee, and then I turn around, and and I take out my my breakfast and my vitamins out of my lunch bag. I put my lunch bag into the refrigerator, go back towards my office. I have to stop because Scout, the church dog, wants its morning treat, so I got to stop and pet Scout and get... You know these dogs have a lot to do with my life, right? Then I turn around, I give Scout his treat. He's all happy, runs around the office, throwing it all over the place. Then I go in my office. I got my coffee. I got my breakfast. I open up my computer. I go to the YouVersion app, and then I read God's word. And I read his word while eating my breakfast, drinking my second cup of coffee. By the time I'm done reading his word, I'm ready for another cup of coffee. And then from there, I spend more time in his word, studying for the Bible study, whatever it may be, reading commentaries, watching videos of, you know, just, that's how I spend my day. Now, it gets interrupted sometimes. And then I feel all, it feels weird all of a sudden, I I can't believe I didn't get my reading done today. I can't believe I, I haven't had my second cup of coffee yet today because I got disrupted because... The food bank was here with food before 8 o'clock in the morning, and then I had to get it all put in the freezer and the refrigerator, and I had to do all that, and now it's 11 o'clock in the morning. And, man, I didn't even have my second cup of coffee. And it ruins my whole day. Not really, but that's okay. So, it's, so and now I guarantee each one of you as you're sitting there thinking that, as I was telling you, probably got your own routine that you know what you do, right? Maybe you get up, coffee, check emails, take a shower. But you do the same thing every day, right? because we're creatures of habit, which is pretty sad, isn't it? You're like, man, I never thought I'd be like this. I remember I used to laugh at my mom. I was like, man, mom does the same thing every day. Now I'm my mom. I do the same thing every day. <laughs> I got the same routine. It's like crazy. But as being creatures of habit, sometimes we need to change what we do. And, and Dallas Willard, actually, in his book, The Golden Triangle of Spiritual Transformation, actually talks about the power of habit and routine, and he says this. He says, in general, then, we put on the new person by regular activities that are in our power, and we become what we could not be by direct effort. So if we're actually going to look to be holy, if we're going to look to have that new name of righteousness that we talked about last week, we're actually got to change our daily routine. And we actually got to take that time and do what God calls us to do. Putting those daily reminders in our life of, I, I'm going to do this. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with putting it on your calendar that says 7.30 every morning, I'm going to get into God's Word. I'm going to be in His Word from 7.30 to 8 o'clock or eight whatever time it is whatever time you set apart, and then make that that time. If you guarantee all of us got certain time on our calendar where people know leave us alone. Well, how about putting God on your calendar and telling people to leave you alone? Tell people, hey, this is my time. This is my time to work on me spiritually. This is my time to put the first things first. This is my time to seek God, to seek his will, to do what he calls me to do. So this is my time. And actually take the time to actually do it. Yeah, I, I look back and, and I love the first commandment that God gave to Moses. You shall have no other gods before me. Seems pretty straightforward, right? He's already told him I am. He, he's. He's the beginning, he's the end, he's God. But then he tells them, you should have no other gods before me. And and Jesus in Luke chapter 10 verse 27 said this, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. Here's the reality. Too often we profess God as our Lord, as our Savior, but he's really not the Lord and Savior of our life. Because he's not the first thing in our life. He's not the one we allow to control our life. We kind of say, oh, yeah, I I love you, Lord. But, man, there's this new post on Facebook. Man, have you seen this new TikTok challenge? Have you? Oh, hey, I love you, Lord. Now, I need to spend some time in your word, but I got this to do. And we put these other priorities in our life, and we allow other things to take the place of him. And, And And the worst part is, sometimes it's good things that we put in His place. It may be, hey, hey, you know, Lord, I, I, I know I got to spend time with You, but you know what? I gotta, I gotta go clean the bathrooms at church. I, 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 I gotta go practice my worship. Oh, Lord, Lord, I, I got You, but you know what? I, I need to go do something. I need to serve. I need to do something. And it could be actually a gift that God's given you. But then instead of realizing that it's something from God, you put it above God. Y'all get what I'm saying? Think about any talent in in your job. Someone who's a carpenter, someone who does construction. You're really good at what you do, right? I can tell you, some some of the men in this church have a job that is a lost art. And they're really good at it. And it's amazing how they can take a board or a rock or this piece of stone and make it into something just gorgeous that that people just look at and be like, oh, wow, it's amazing. But then the reality is it's a gift that God gave you. But how many times do you take that gift that God gave you and put it above God? not realizing that he is the giver of life. You see a lot of sports athletes. I was watching the the All-American High School football game, and they had people committing to college. And what I was so amazed by is how many of them young kids, when the announcer said, you know, what do you have to say? The very first thing was, I want to thank my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for giving me the talent, which blew me away. Because for some reason, they get into college or get into the NFL, and guess what? It's no longer about thank you, God. It's about I need more money. It's funny. Patty and I were watching TV yesterday, and there was a commercial that came on at the very end of the commercial that said money matters. Well, the next very commercial came on. It was the health, and it says your health matters. So I'm like, does it money or health? Which one really matters? Well, the reality is God matters the most. But we will put all these other things in front of him. And, and like I said, a lot of times it's something that he has provided, a gift that he's provided to us that we'll put before him and above him. We need to make sure we put the first things first. As I, and as I look at the, that whole scripture, there no other God before me, the, to love the Lord your God. I, I think about Psalm 139. Verse 23 and 24 say this. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my concerns. See if there is any offensive way in me. Lead me in your everlasting way. So think about this. When you take that time and you read, you shall have no other gods before me, you have to ask in your heart, am I really putting something before me? Can you truly go and ask God, search me and know my heart? Test me. How many of us really want to have God test us to see if he's number one? Are we really searching him? Are we really serving him? Are we really doing what we're called to do? Or is it just for this hour and 15 minutes in church? Or maybe that I read the verse of the day. I'm good. It's kind of crazy, isn't it? But then we'll say, oh, I'm a Christian and and, and he's the Lord of my life for an hour and 15 minutes on Sunday and for five minutes every day of the week. You know what's a reality check? You know you can actually go on your phone and your phone will tell you how much time you average spend on your phone. You know, it's funny. We did it in youth, and uh, we were like, hey, look at your phone. How long were you on your phone yesterday? Now, remember, there's 24 hours in a day, right? We had like 18 hours. I'm like, how in the world can you be on your phone for 18 hours? Like there's only 24 in the day. Did you even sleep? There was one at 19 hours. I was like, you got to be kidding me. 19 hours on your phone. Yeah, Mom, give them to pull it up and see how long they've been on their phone. <laughs> over there saying, Pastor, don't do that to me. I don't want to pull it up. Hey, I actually got some numbers here, so check this out. So it's funny, I was thinking about this, and I said, man, I don't remember how to find this on my phone. And lo and behold, guess what came across my phone this this morning? Hey, here's your usage for this past week. I was like, oh, really, God? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Lord. So as I looked at it, I actually averaged three hours and three minutes a day on my phone. I'm like, okay, that's not too bad, 24 hours in a day, three hours, three minutes. Now, the ironic thing, last week I spent seven hours and 53 minutes playing Golf Rival on my phone. Almost eight hours playing a video game on my phone. I spent five hours and 40 minutes on Facebook. I was like, man, that's crazy. I actually watched a video on YouTube for 32 minutes. I spent an hour on um, text messaging. I'm like, man, that's a whole lot of time doing a whole lot of nothing on my phone. Gee, thank you for the reminder, Lord. (laughs) Thank you for (laughs) reminding me that I failed on these daily reminders and putting you first. But then I think about it, you know, eight hours a day. I only spent three hours on the phone. If I spent eight hours last week playing the game... You know, seven—that's that takes up an hour, that three hours. So I'm I'm, okay, it's only an hour a day. I can be okay with that. But when you do it, it's that reality of what do we do otherwise? I mean, for some of us, like I said, someone in this room today is going to watch football for 12 hours, if not longer, if it goes into overtime. Think about that. Half of the day you're going to spend, well, actually for nine hours today watching football, Nine hours today or a little longer you're going to spend watching football. How many times, and, and uh, yeah, I'm guilty of it. Every single day, I play Xbox for a couple hours. I play Call of Duty for a couple hours every single day. I know it. I enjoy it. It is my stress relief <laughs> If there's just something about shooting people that, and, and not going to jail, <laughs> that's relieves me. I don't know. It, it, it's a fun game. I enjoy the conversations. I have conversations with different people online. My, my call tag is Ephesians 4.29. Every single day, someone asks me, hey, what's Ephesians 4.29? So I'm able to start to have those God conversations with people online. Uh, Of course, you get the other end of it, so then you get into these debates, which I really enjoy because I'm sitting here, I'm playing a video game, and I'm talking about Jesus, and I'm convincing someone how the Bible isn't just a book, and it isn't just something that's made up, and I'm able to have those conversations even while shooting people and blowing people up. (laughs) I can have those conversations with people about Jesus. So I kind of say, well, that's like a ministry, right? Sounds good. Can I play it off that way? Not really. Okay, it was was worth a try. So, anyways, get back. (laughs) So, putting first things first. What's first in your life? I mean, really. Really, what is first in your life? If you really think about it, I don't think many of us would say God is the first thing in my life. God's in my life. He's an important part of my life, but is he really the first thing in your life? For some of it, it's going to be grandkids. Some of it's going to be work. Some of it's going to be our dog. It's going to be different things for each one of us. If we want to have spiritual growth, if we want to be more like Jesus, we need to take time to look at what Jesus did. And if you think about this, not just when Jesus was healing people, not just when he was teaching, but how did he spend his time when he wasn't preaching or teaching or healing? He spent his time with his Father. He spent his time in prayer. So you know, if he spent his time in prayer, he knew what the Old Testament said, he would have spent time in his word. That's how we make first things first. That's how we can take those daily reminders by actually taking the time to get involved in reading his word more than just the verse of the day. Now, I was talking to one of the youth and asked, hey, what are you reading? What are you reading in the Bible today? And basically it was, well, I read what the verse of the day is, but then I read that chapter so I get the full context, which I thought was cool. I was, That's a good thing. You're not just going to read one verse, read the chapter to get what the whole thing is about. Guess what? You're opening God's Word. And when you take that time to open God's Word, you're putting first things first. Take time to meditate on His Word. Take time to get involved in a life group, in a Bible study to where we dig deeper into God's Word. Take time to start your own Bible study. You can have a Bible study at your house. Have people come over and and meet together and do life together and and dig into God's word together? Take time to pray. Look how long Jesus, how many times it talks about Jesus went off to pray. When's the last time you went off to pray? For some of us, it's the last time things weren't going right. Something wasn't right in our life, man. I I need to to talk to the Lord. Well, guess what? He's been waiting for you. He already knew what was going to happen. Maybe it wouldn't be where you're at if you were to talk to him sooner. But we always wait till the last minute. But if we actually put first things first and we take that time each and every day, dig into his word, read, watch videos, whatever it is, and whatever is occupying all that other time in your life, give more time to him first. Set a daily reminder and say, I'm going to spend more time with him first. You know, the last couple days I've been upstairs and working on the the youth game room and the the youth Bible study room, which, by the way, this coming Thursday night, youth will be upstairs in the game room that will be ready and in the new Bible study room upstairs. Come on now. Y'all should be excited. Game room is set up. Ping pong, foosball, air hockey. Don't forget to bring my basketball back. <laughs> but going to be set up and and as I've been up there I was actually listening to an audiobook. And, and one of the stories in, in the audiobook really got me laughing and got me thinking about even this daily reminder thing and, and do we actually put our first things first and, and the author of the book's talking about a friend of his that said, "Hey, today I'm going to worship the Lord all day." And he kind of he got up in the morning, he checked out of the hotel room, he, he started out with worshiping, he was worshiping the Lord, going down the street, you know, praying, worshiping, doing everything. And, and as he was walking, he ended up in a park and amongst some trees, and there was like no one around. And he got to thinking about King David, how King David danced before the Lord. But of course, you know, this guy came from one of them, you know, Southern Baptist churches where dancing's not allowed. You know, because dancing leads to other things, kind of. You know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Anyway, so he's there, and he's like, man, I don't know how to dance, but I feel like dancing before the Lord. So there in the middle of this park, among the trees with no one around, he started dancing. And, of course, he didn't know how to dance, and he said that while he was dancing, he realized how silly he looked, and he started laughing, and, and he was just, it was a. He was just laughing so hard. Man, I'm glad no one saw this. And then he heard a whisper. And he says, You heard God say, Thank you for worshiping me. Because he actually took the time just to worship. He put the first things first. He didn't worry worry about anything that may have been legalistic, he didn't worry about anything else. He said, I'm going to worship the Lord. And if King David danced, I'm going to dance. I'm going to sing. It may be out of tune, but I'm going to take this time and I'm going to worship my God. And he spent the day worshiping the Lord. He later goes on to say that it was probably the best day he has ever had in his life and now plans on doing it more often. Take a day to worship the Lord. I'd encourage you, take an hour each day to worship the Lord. Through song, through meditation, through prayer, through reading of his word. But set that time apart and make it part of a daily habit. And as much as I hate to say the word habit, but if it's a habit, you're going to do it every day. If it becomes part of a routine that you do daily, you're going to do it every day. Take that time. And guess what? It's going to take work. It's going to be hard, but it needs to be consistent. And if we're consistent doing it, it then becomes natural for us to do it each and every day. And i got to ask, what would it look like if we as the church actually did this? If we as the church, as individuals inside this church, actually put God first? Put God first in everything, and even more importantly, besides us doing it, What would the world see if we actually put God first? See, some of of us know, hey, there's people out there who who say they're Christians and then you look at them and and they're still stuck with their sexual impurity. They're still stuck with all these other things going on in their life and and they're so-called Christians, but they act exactly like the world. And then you got people going... You want to know why I don't believe the Bible? Have you seen Joe over here? Joe says he goes to church every week. Joe said he's a Christian. Have you heard what Joe's came out of Joe's mouth lately? Have you seen what he's got, what he looks at on the internet? Have you seen the way he treats people? And if that's a Christian, I don't want nothing to do with it. But now imagine if we as Christ followers actually did what God's word called us to do. And we lived it out in the world. And then we could sit there and say, well, I'll talk to Joe because he's another, that says he's a Christian. And I'm going to hold him accountable. But here, here, here's what Jesus would have done. And here's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to be like Jesus with skin on. I'm, I'm trying to be holy. He calls me holy. I know I'm far from it, but but I can be holy in his sight. I I can work on my holiness. I can work on being more like him. I I can actually love my neighbor. I can love my enemy. I can give grace where it shouldn't be given because he gave it to me. And the only way we do this is making this daily habit with his daily routine of spending time with him. Truly spending time with him. I mean, we got Christians who even treat their brothers and sisters in Christ like their yesterday's news, like they're yesterday's garbage. Every one of us should treat each other with love. But man, we would just hate on each other. I don't like what they did. They changed the color of the carpet. I'm sorry, I just like that whole change of color of the carpet thing. What do you mean we're not going to do it that way anymore? What's it got to do with God's word? Nothing. But man, we will hold on to it so tightly. We will put ourselves in jail and give someone else the keys to our life because we don't like something that someone did or said. Instead of giving that grace and that forgiveness that Jesus calls us to do. The same thing the Apostle Paul told the Colossians church is relevant for us today. Living that life, doing what we're called to do. I want to encourage you as we go in this new year. Like I said, your New Year's resolution is probably already gone. So start a new daily routine. Our daily routines impact our spiritual growth. We need to cultivate. We need to water them. We need to nourish it in order for our routines to help us grow. If we're going to be more like Jesus, it's going to take work. It's going to take a little bit of water, maybe a little bit of fertilizer. It's going to take some work. It's going to take repetition of doing something over and over and over again to make it a routine and part of break the old routine and become new in our life. It takes work. It takes effort. Be willing to do that for the Lord that you serve. If he is the Lord of your life, be willing to do what it calls us to do. And and like I said, we each need to develop daily routines to grow spiritually. How about starting each day saying, you know what? Today I'm going to have a compassionate heart. That'd be a start for some of us. That'd be that whole new heart thing that we talked about last week. That's it. I'm going to have a compassionate heart. Hey, you know what? I'm going to be kind. Some of us are like, huh? What kind of person do you want me to be? A kind person. Not a kind of person. Be kind. <laughs> be kind. Be compassionate. Walk with humility. Have some meekness to you. Hey, for some of us, just be patient. Man, you can tell it's wintertime. I don't know how many times over the last week I'm sitting there light and lighting As soon as it turns green, what I hear, uh-huh. I'm like, man, y'all better hope you're not behind me. Someone honk behind me, that car is going in park. I'm getting out and I'm going to walk around my car and I'm going to kick the tires. And I'm going to look back and say, oh, I thought you were honking because I had a light out or a tire flat. Oh, you wanted me to go? Okay. And I'm going to mosey back up into my car and I'm going to put my seatbelt on. And about the time that light turns yellow, I'm taking off. <laughs> and guess where you're going to be? Sitting at the red light. But it's crazy, the impatience. How about being patient? And see, some of y'all in this room might be, oh my God, I better not be behind the pastor when I honk. (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy. Honk if you know Jesus, okay? If you want to honk at somebody. (laughs) But, and how about bearing with one another? Every one of us is going through this grind of life. Life is not easy. Take some time to bear the burdens of one another. Be there for each other forgive each other, love on each other like we're called to do. Be who Jesus called us to be. So I want to encourage you as we continue, we move forward, make a difference. Yeah, I said last week, you know, every one of us want to see a revival. And, and, and here's the rule. Well, not the rule, but, but here's the reality of it. No one in this room can start a revival. And contrary to popular belief, you can't form a committee to have a revival. Revival starts on an individual basis. It starts with each one of us. It starts with each one of us renewing our heart. It starts with each one of us reviving that heart inside of us, allowing God to give us that new heart as we're obedient to what his word calls us to do. And as he revives each one of us, that revival then affects our family, it affects our friends, it affects our workplace, it affects the community that you live in. But the revival has to start right here for each one of us. And that revival starts by putting the first thing first. What's first in your life? What is your daily routine for your spiritual growth? If it's not Jesus and his word, you're not growing spiritually. You may be growing in the spirit of something else, but you're not growing into the spirit that God called us to be. If he is the Lord of your life, truly let him be the Lord of your life. And you may be here, whether you're in the room, join us church online, and say, well, well, pastor, I haven't made him the Lord of my life, and my life is too messed up, and I'm jacked up, and you're loved. Jesus loves you just the way you are. He doesn't want you to stay the way you are. When we accept Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior, and we make him the Lord, the master of our life, he begins to change us from the inside out. And whatever sin it is inside of you, he's going to work on that sin. And the reality is sin is sin. We rate sin by a human standard. In God's eyes, sin is sin. Murder and lying are the same thing. Sin is sin. Now we may, oh, they're not even close. To a righteous and holy God, they're the same thing. You can't be too messed up. You can't be too jacked up for God not to love you. He loves you for who you are. And God's word simply says, you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Notice I say Jesus is Lord. Not I'm accepting Jesus into my heart. No, you're making Jesus your Lord. And you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. There's a big difference between saying, I accepted Jesus and I made Jesus the Lord of my life. If He's the Lord of your life, He will control your daily routines. He will help you to make your daily routine be about Him. You will want to focus on Him being the Master and the Lord over your life because ultimately every one of us want to make our boss happy, right? Yes. If you're at work, you want a happy boss. If you're married, you want a happy wife or a happy spouse. I like how the women were shaking their head yes when I said happy wife. (laughs) Looking at the husband, "Mm mm-hmm. It takes doing what we're called to do. Change your daily routine. Make a new habit. Start it when you leave here today. And say, you know what, tomorrow I'm changing my daily routine. Maybe you got to wake up a little earlier. Maybe you got to spend less time on Facebook or TikTok or Instagram. Maybe you got to have less time on Xbox or YouTube or whatever it may be. Change your routine and do what he called you to do. Amen? Amen. Heavenly Father, we come to you today and we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for everything you do. We thank you for a new song. And Lord, as I said at the beginning, that song, just that reality of putting first things first, seeking your will, not our own. Lord, that's tough. That's tough to do what, what, what you want us to do, because sometimes that's hard, Lord. It, it, it's hard to, to do what you want us to do. But Lord, we know that as we've accepted you as our Lord and Savior, that that Doing what you call us to do is to be in a blessed place. It's to be in the right place. Making the right choices, doing the right thing. (coughs) Being the person you called us to be. So Lord, help us to start these new routines. New routines, new habits in our life. Help us to set these daily reminders to be on you and you alone. And Lord, help us to seek that revival in our own hearts. That we may see revival in our families, in our friends, in our workplaces, in our schools, in our communities, in this land, and in this world, Lord. Help us to seek you first, and Lord, make this prayer in Jesus' name, Amen. Hey, thanks again for joining us here today at FBC Lantana for Church Online, and 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 if if you enjoyed what you saw today, I'd just like to ask you to.